Jiggy Creighton is back. Jiggy Creighton is back. Young Jig checking in. My people, Young Jig, we're back again like a flash. So very soon. Go follow my official Twitter page at Young underscore Jigword. That's at Y O U N G underscore J I double G W A R D. You'll be finding dates for future shows, special guests, music, and all sorts of other things. For those of you that don't know and didn't tune in last time or thought I was on some bullshit about starting a podcast, we here, baby. I'm going to keep the ball rolling because, like I said, I got too much on my mind to let up. If you were in attendance last episode, God loves you for loving me, and you're already well equipped on what I'm going to say. For those of you that had better things to do, here's a little recap for that ass. I introduced myself and a little background about me and where I come from, and I dove into the fear of success, or moreover, the fear of the results of success and what that looks like. Some key takeaways from episode one are the fact that most of our fears or anxieties come from the way some of us were brought up. Some of us grew up in unhealthy environments which skews our perception of ourselves or even our own reality. Something else that was seemingly important from episode one is how to overcome this burst of fear or anxiety some of us get when faced with the stresses success can bring. Some things I highlighted were taking that leap of faith and realizing this, vet- this vessel we obtain only has one goal, so you got to give it its best run. Create an organized way of setting goals, whether it's writing them down or whatever. Start off small, then work your way up to bigger goals, you know, and then actually go and try and fulfill these goals. And lastly, love yourself and being your biggest fan because nobody in this world got you like you got you. That's just a quick little rundown, and it's still up. So if that's something that you're interested in, if it's something that you feel like you'll, you know, listen to frequently, stop now, go back, and listen to the first episode. If not, it's fine. I'm still going to keep rolling with or without you. But one thing that I'm going to do and I'm going to try to make a habit of is breaking the ice for whatever topic I'm discussing in the episode. And by doing that, I'm going to be doing a story or two, you know, concerning my life that I feel correlate to what I'm about to get into. I'm about to go crazy with this first story. So as a sophomore in high school, I dated a senior. And when I tell you I thought I was hot shit, I swear that's how I ended up knowing so many people. Especially because I played football and I was pretty cold and she played volleyball and was raw. So we kind of had that notoriety of being the star athletes going for us. Being so young, I wasn't truly thinking about what would happen when she graduated. And looking back, I wish I would have been honest with myself, but I was living so far in the moment, nothing else mattered. We weren't really on the same wavelength at all because she had wanted to, you know, have a future with me and I wasn't even near ready for a commitment like that. And I don't regret the time I spent with her. I just really wish I would have been real with myself in that moment because I feel like it caused a lot of unwanted drama and like, you know, un- unneeded, unneeded things that happened in my life. But I was too afraid of hurting feelings, so I'd suppress my own feelings and beat around the bush. And honestly, I feel like if I would have just kept it real with myself, 
I would have been able to be more real in the aspect of telling how I truly felt about someone. And I have a whole episode on the aspect of not wanting to hurt others as well, but that's for later. Anyways, on the day she left for college, we broke up and she had wanted to try long distance. But I just felt like, you know, being 15, 16, being strapped down like that and not even knowing what my future in sports or school holds, that would do me no justice. And I felt like I would limit myself as to what I could do and what I would be able to experience. And I also didn't want to have, you know, the fact that I couldn't go and go crazy with my friends at these high school parties. Like, I'm 16, I'm young, I want to go, you know, mingle. If I get drunk at a party, I want to go, you know, you guys know. I'm not about to go into detail. But I mean, in high school, I was focused on girls, you know. That was the thing. Like, I was young. I was focused on girls. That's really all I really thought about. So I didn't want to have to second-guess myself if I started feeling one of the girls at my high school or at another high school. I wanted to pursue something further or, you know, second-guess whether or not I'm being done wrong on the other side of America. So I felt like it was something I couldn't commit to in that instance. And I think that's where my first signs of commitment anxiety or even fear of commitment came from. And it got worse, you know, when it was time for me to pick a college to play at and even when it came down to picking a sport, basketball or football. I felt trapped in my own mind. I had offers to play D1 football. I had offers to play D2 basketball. Don't believe it. I don't care. That's how that's going to go. Anyways, that's where I knew I had commitment issues. I couldn't even commit to a college because I allowed my mind to think of every which way that it wouldn't work out. I was afraid to send my film out because of potential offers. It was, it got bad. And honestly, it held me back from a lot. And it's still something I battle with, but over time it's gotten a lot better. Like, you don't see me in Victorville, California as often anymore. You know, I'm in Kansas now. And that was a big step for me. And I made it fast, like real abrupt. But I'm not going to lie because commitment is scary because it creates so much potential change for you. It creates potential change for your everyday life. And it makes you feel like, why? Why am I doing this? You know, what is the point? And I've gotten to that point a lot. And I'm sure, you know, those two stories got you aware that this is the episode of the fear of commitment and what that looks like and ways that we can drop that fear and ways we can live better lives, you know, not fearing commitment diving in, taking that leap of faith. I'm going to keep saying that. You've got to take that leap of faith because if you don't do it, somebody else going to do it and you're just going to be sitting there looking stupid. There are three noun definitions of commitment. One, the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause or activity, etc. Two, a pledge or an undertaking. And three, this one's funny. An engagement or obligation that restricts freedom of action. I'm going to refer back to these definitions, mainly that last one, because honestly, it suggests something about it suggests the suggests something about commitment. That's really funny and really interesting to me. I feel like there's no one out there that could say they haven't done something to avoid a commitment, whether it's a commitment in a relationship or telling someone that you'll do something and realizing you truthfully don't feel like doing whatever it is you said you do, because I can admit, I struggle with this a lot. 
And I say struggle very loosely because in some instances, I feel by avoiding certain commitments, I've saved myself from situations that may have taxed my well-being. I tend to distance myself or go ghost for days at a time, and rarely do I tell anyone, hey, go on ghost, talk to you in a few days. It's more of a bam, I'm out, and I completely clock out. I'm not sure if that's healthy or a form of cleansing, but it helps me. And I'll say, you know, I feel like it helps me. I feel like it's healthy to me. But in the deeper sense, it hurts the people that you care about way more. And it puts them in question as to whether or not they're the reason for your sudden change in emotion. And sometimes, yes, yes, they are. But other times it's not that. It's not, the, it's not even the case. Sometimes I just feel the need. I, I just want to escape. And I know everybody feels that. Everybody feels the need to just want to escape, get away from your everyday life. I used to have this whole thing planned out in my head where I would put girls through a test on how much they could put up with, with me before enough was enough to see if they could really be down for how crazy I could be and how messed up I could really be. And this method ran off way more girls than trying to be a nice guy. I guess you could say during my flings, I would get to the point of almost getting serious and I'd complicate things by ghosting that person and talking to someone else. And it became a constant cycle fucking up my whole dynamic. And a lot of the reason why many of my relationships, whether it's friendship, situational, even family, have failed is because of me. I self-destruct, and honestly, after looking at myself in the dirty bathroom mirror, I realized I was the problem. But that's when I began to question my worth. Like, I knew I was the problem, but I felt like, fuck, if you can't stick with me through this, what makes me think you will when shit gets really tricky? Looking back, I see shit is damn near impossible and it's taxing on on the other end. And it's probably way more taxing on the other end than it is, is on mine. I honestly felt like the fiddler on the roof. I played with emotions and hearts only to ultimately destroy my own self-worth because I felt for whatever reason what I was doing wasn't wrong or wasn't hurting anyone. That comes from being oblivious to other people's feelings and only thinking about mine, but at the same time, thinking that no one cared about my feelings, so I have to, quote-unquote, protect myself, as some people would say, from feeling like I don't matter. And self-sabotage is a bitch. It's not pretty either. There are many signs of commitment anxiety, and they're easy to identify, but the first step before even identifying them, you have to accept Accept that most people suffer from this. Accept that you may suffer from this. And honestly, our pride doesn't allow us to do that sometimes. It doesn't allow us to come to terms with reality. But once the acceptance happens, then bam, we can start seeing the signs within others and even within ourselves. This one's perfect for this generation. Call it toxic, call it whatever. You're scared of commitment, or else half the people dating would be dating serious and not just be trying to get their rocks off. And this can come from many different outlets, questioning the relationship and what it entails, not seeing a future with the person you're co-mingling with, provoking arguments just for the sake of conversation, not knowing whether or not that argument could be the deciding factor of the relationship, rarely showing affection, if at all, in a public setting, creating unrealistic expectations that you wouldn't even be able to meet but expect your partner to, or even feeling emotionally detached from that person. Or you just want to call it what it is and simply fuck. 
regardless of how you spin it, they all show signs of commitment anxiety. The people I feel that don't suffer from commitment anxiety when it comes to sensual relationships are the people that don't get involved with other people in that manner. They can still suffer from commitment anxiety, but in a different, non-romantic sort of way. For instance, this is the most common scenario that comes to mind when I think of non-romantic commitment anxiety. It's Friday morning. You got a few classes or work, and later you have your mind set on a relaxing shower and snuggling up in bed with your snacks and your doggo binge-watching your favorite shows until you crash. Well, you receive a text from a friend, and they say they want you to come out with them. And you being the people pleaser and the never says no, says yes. And immediately you feel your mood change. Now your whole day revolves around the anticipation of going out and exerting unnecessary energy. Anyways, you're done with your priorities for the day. And it's starting to hit that time you need to be getting ready for the night out. But what is this? An excuse right on the tip of your tongue as to why you can't go out. Elaborate to the point your friends may feel bad for even asking you to come out. Oftentimes, this excuse is a lie or a half lie, whatever you decide, but it gets you out of that situation. But for what? All that unneeded anxiety and stress, all to say no, when you know for a fact you do not want to go in the first place. And you could have just said that from the jump. You could have kept it real and said, nah, I'm good. That's definitely commitment anxiety because it's like you want to keep your peace but also help keep everyone else's peace. So you find yourself risking your peace by essentially being fake when you could have nipped it all in the booty by being honest with yourself and your companions. Because if they're truly your friend or someone that claims they care about you, you telling them you don't feel like kicking it today should have no stance on your relationship. As I dove deeper, I started realizing, damn, Crate, you really fall under all these categories of commitment anxiety. Like, taking it back to every relationship I called myself having. I always spoke about my future plans, but never mentioned anything about my significant other fitting into that picture. Scary. Opening up for me was like biting your, trying to bite your finger off. You can do it like a carrot, but the pain triggers your brain and you stop. But I couldn't bring myself to let people in because I've seen so many people take fragile information and expose it like it was nothing. So I stayed closed off. Scary. You'll come to find out that there are people that have been in the same boat and only want to be there for you. I learned the hardest way. Don't ask any questions. Touching back on that last definition of commitment, it talks about the restriction of freedom of action. I've never been to prison, but sometimes I swear relationships feel that way. It feels like you're being constantly suffocated and watched like a 24-hour surveillance. This was a major drawback for me because I felt I wasn't free to be me. Like I had to become a completely different person to fit someone else's agenda who had no interest in changing themselves. It feels that way because in all honesty, I feel our minds tell us it's that way. In my case, I feel this because I felt like I wasn't allowed to speak my mind without some issues stirring up, or when I tried to point things out I didn't like, it drew back to me. That also comes with me being so closed off and allowing things to build up, that when I do speak my mind, I'm attacking instead of trying to elevate. I've come to realize that communication is the key in anything. Without proper communication, nothing can work and nothing can be fixed. Say what you want respectfully, but say it 
let how you feel be known while still taking into consideration how the other person feels. All in all, commitment in all aspects of the spectrum is a difficult thing to grasp because in ways I feel like it reshapes and redefines the narrative I've come up with. But thinking harder on it, I feel it could pan out to be a very good thing for me and honestly anybody else. Thanks for giving me a listening ear and always know that you're worth it. I love you and don't forget to stop by and follow me on Twitter at young underscore jigward. That's at Y-O-U-N-G underscore J-I-double-G-W-A-R-D. For more updates on podcasts, future shows, special guests, music, and much, much more.